This is the Free Flow Podcast, a media production of Free Flow Institute. I'm Chandra Brown, founder and director of Free Flow Institute. And this autumn, we are bringing you profiles of three women, all of them past Free Flow scholars who are doing imaginative and novel work in the world. In this triad of episodes, something we're calling the Wild Innovation Series, we'll dive into their stories and motivations, and we'll see how wild places inspire their missions. We hope you enjoy season three of the Free Flow Podcast. This is the first of three very special episodes. Today, you'll hear about Leona Torres, and her journey through Gates of Lador on the Green River in early September of 2021. Leana came to Free Flow's Green River Workshop last autumn on a scholarship from American Rivers. She came with a very specific project in mind, a revisitation of the Gila River in her native New Mexico, 15 years after she last worked there as a fisheries biological technician working on stream restoration. She wanted to return to the Gila with her little boy, her five-year-old son, to observe what has changed in the landscape and what has changed within her. So, on the Green River Workshop, which took place 700 miles or so from the Gila, Leana honed the skills she'll need to tell stories of rivers like the Gila and stories of the ways her own life has intersected with rivers. Requested to kind of see where you're at geographically in the world. So I'll put my finger kind of, we're right here on the northern end of Dinosaur Monument. This is the Colorado and Utah state line right here. And we're going to end just right here by my left finger. So we're gonna... A small group of women form a circle while standing on the concrete boat ramp, pouring over maps. They're dressed and ready for a river trip in the warm September desert sun, water bottles and PFDs in hand, hats shielding their faces from the sun, and globs of sunscreen smeared over every inch of exposed skin. The maps they look at tell them where they're going, downriver into the Red Rock Canyon lined with sagebrush and juniper, and they're about to embark on a unique adventure, a river riding workshop that will focus on desert ecosystems, dams, power, and change. This is Free Flow Institute's fall course through Gates of Lador, a five-day riding workshop on the Green River. One of the women gathered around the maps is Leana. She made her way to the Green by way of New Mexico, her home. She's Latina, a dedicated writer, and a lover of moving water and of the Southwest. It all comes down to place for me. It comes down to combining the river experience with the writing workshop. Two powerful experiences. And being able to learn about craft on the river is something I've dreamed about, like daydreamed about, that I never thought would be, could be a reality. Liana wears quick dry shorts and a wide brimmed hat of the same material, her eyes peeking out from beneath it, watchful and quick, like those of a falcon. 
Her frame is small and her muscles are toned, evidence perhaps of a past life in the U.S. Marine Corps. Rivers and writing have been a natural pairing for her since her days working as a fish biology technician on rivers across the Southwest in the early 2000s. I was that young girl on the raft that when the guy who was leading the trip was rowing, once we'd stop that generator, if I had a chance and he wasn't looking, I'd turn my back and I'd write in my little book. I'd write down the sentences, the phrases that just came to me while we were working. Leanna attended this free flow course to develop her craft, to create time and space, to reflect upon a lifetime of connection to rivers, past, present, and future. Leanna describes writing as something she can use to see and touch the beauty in the world. The beauty, she describes, as both tragic and lovely. The guides hustle around the sandy boat ramp, loading gear into boats in preparation for our five days on the water. A river trip like this one requires a lot of gear, so river guides have perfected the art of efficient packing. Usually this involves strapping things to rafts, like metal dry boxes and coolers packed with food, safety gear, dry bags full of personal necessities, and big comfy Paco pads to sleep on. If not, make sure you are. Um, this is going to be the most important stuff that we're going to go over for the trip. Uh, this is going to regard all of that safety stuff. This is what I'm about to talk about is what's going to keep you safe out here. So make sure uh, that you listen and give me your undivided attention for 10 minutes. And uh, yeah, we'll right after this, we'll head down to the rafts and we'll be on our way float. And um, so first off, I want to welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to the Gates of Lador Put-In. This is the Gates of Lador boat ramp. Despite perhaps having previous experience on rivers, everyone who goes on the river with Free Flow Institute is a passenger, a student, a beginner of sorts, handing over the logistics and technicality to a crew of guides. And this is what makes it possible for writers to focus on their craft in the field, fully and without distraction. I built FreeFlow Institute in 2018 to create a space for people to learn about, celebrate, and experience rivers and wild landscapes. FreeFlow is meant to provide a place where people like Leana can synthesize their own experiences, like her years doing fish science on rafts, within the context of community, history, and moving water. Before Leana and her group take off, standing on the boat ramp, I invite them to consider their intentions and to observe those last moments on land. This is a point of transition, right? Like this is a point where we go from terra firma, right? Like standing on ground and we voluntarily, remember that, we made this choice, right? To like get in these rafts and sort of succumb to gravity, right? And we like go with the river in one direction downstream and it's a pretty precious moment I think if you pay attention to it I'm really into like the liminal space 
between zones right now. I'm just fascinated by liminal space. And I think that space between this, right, between the car ride, your super messed up travels to get here, right? Like wherever you're coming from to where we're going now, I would just invite you to sort of pay attention with your senses to what comes up for you in that transition. So it may or may not be something you choose to do, but consider just taking a couple moments to yourself once the boat kind of is floating and is untethered from shore and we're actually in the current. Just see what, see what comes up there in the transition. Leona received a scholarship from American Rivers to attend the Gates of Lador writing workshop and she sees it as a chance to embark on a writing project that's been on her mind for years. It's called Whispers of Water Called Gila, a returning and exploration. She's been thinking about this project since 2007, when she first experienced the Gila River at work on boats. Now she aims to craft a narrative by tracing the lines of her own history and the evolution and changes to the river system over time. She hopes to return there with her son and to write about the Gila, perhaps as a character itself. But really just the Gila as a place. That place is like an undiscovered gem of New Mexico. There's a lot of other places people go to, uh, the Jemez, northern New Mexico. But the Gila, it's a little hard to get to, it's out of the way. But it's spectacular. It's spectacular. Something about that place. It almost doesn't have words. In truth. And while floating on the green, she hopes to learn how to put words to it. So, as a part of this project, I'm going to return there. Exploring the field notes that I had from back then, but at the same time returning brand new as a different person, really, because now I have a five-year-old son. I've got a little boy, and I think a lot about what I'm going to teach him, what am I going to expose him to. Uh, so just returning to that place, a new person, but also exploring the past and exploring how that place has changed, what hasn't changed, what will never change, um, and what new things it's going to reveal to both me and to my son. And our culture, our cultura, right? Um, it's all about what you share and what you expose, not just with your son, but with your family. And that translates really from family to culture. The region around the Gila is a home place of the Apache people. Centuries later, their descendants live on the Mescalero Apache Reservation. The land surrounding the Gila was also the first designated wilderness in the United States. And like many Western rivers, the Gila is at risk. Diminishing water supply, high demands, fractured habitat, and raging fires are just a few of the threats to the future and vibrancy of the Gila. 
Our boats push off into the current of the Green River, and on that first day, we travel 12 river miles into the canyon. We stop for a steep hike up to a grotto, a dark and shaded alcove that amplifies the sound of dripping desert water. This was Liana's first time on the Green, but she has spent a lifetime connecting to the rivers in and near New Mexico. The Rio Grande, the San Juan, Rio Lucero, and the Gila. I was really exposed to rivers, the Rio Grande, as a child. Uh, my dad was a farmer, and so we were one of the families that utilized the water from the Rio Grande to farm, to irrigate, use the acequias. So that was my first exposure. Very different exposure when I got to college, started learning about ecology, conservation, words that weren't in my household ever. Not that their essence wasn't in my family, we just didn't use those particular words. Leona graduated college in 2001 with a dual major in biology and creative writing. And a year later, she began working as a biological technician for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Her work there took her down many rivers in the Southwest, working on restoration projects centered around native fish populations. With this job, I was exposed to nearly all the rivers in New Mexico, whether that was field work, fisheries, restoration. And one of the jobs was getting to work on the San Juan with the fishery recovery efforts there. And that was the first time I'd ever been on a raft. The first time I had experienced the river in that way. And even though it was technically work, there was something about experiencing the river there that didn't let go of me. And even after I left that job, I'd always come back to those trips, those experiences, as hard as they were. It was some hard ass work. Long days, on the raft, electrofishing. It was hard, but again, something about the river kept my soul wanting to come back and learn more and experience more. One, three, yeah. One, two, three. The days pass and the water flows downstream. The boats pause in eddies allowing for small moments of transition. Leana creates her own rhythm that reflects the time and pace of river life. By the second morning, she settled into her own rituals, waking early, sitting by the river and away from the group. She sits in silence, filling page after page in her notebook. Leana is dedicated to her craft and to her purpose for being here on the river and on this trip. Each subsequent day is more or less similar. Wake up for coffee and breakfast, pump and pack boats, discuss writing, float downstream, eat lunch, more adventuring, sometimes rapids, perhaps a hike, more writing, more eating, 
and eventually closing our eyes to sleep beneath the stars. Free flow takes on these daily rhythms because they are inherent to river trips. And while on many river trips, the thrill of running whitewater takes center stage, every facet of a free flow trip is an opportunity for riders to develop their craft. For example, scouting and planning a route through a rapid provides rich fodder for an observant rider. So the whole concept of reading water is laden with metaphor and potential for exploration as a writer or an artist. So when we get to the scout, I would just encourage you to just take note of the language that um, guides use to talk about the river. Um, take note of the language, take note of um, also again, coming back to the physical, what you feel. Um, the energy that the group produces when we scout, um, and the whole idea of looking for the lines through the chaos, right? Looking for the passage through. Um, so scouting can be a really instructive way to experience the river before you actually get into the water and run the rapid. A few hours later, Leanna stands on the boulders alone, overlooking a rapid called Hell's Half Mile. The water moves fast, and she digs deep to find the meaning in scouting a rapid where a rock named Lucifer guards the entrance. It's Sunday morning, the day that I should be in mass, in church, and as the water goes from, from smooth into wicked rapids, I wonder which of these rocks is the one named Lucifer. And I think about how, again, this is Sunday, the time of Mass, and how it's that collision of opposites always. And the world is laid out brilliantly and right in front of us every day. And how it's a curse and a blessing all at once. While Leanna was getting to know the river, she was also learning the skills she traveled so far to perfect. The skills involved in writing. It's really gotten me in the writer's frame of mind. For, and for me, that's where it starts because writers are observers. And so the intentional actions I took right when we got to the river, what I did, what I wrote down, it was very specific. She says the trip has helped her get ready for her Gila River project. So for me, it's mentally preparing. It's getting into that space of openness and really if I dare say that that space of literally saying a prayer before you start something and asking for that guidance and that opening each morning afternoon and evening I provide prompts from Free Flow's circle of teaching writers. 
Pam Houston, David James Duncan, Bill DeBuise. The prompts help participants practice new ways of writing to explore new parts of their writing brains. Leana says these exercises helped her to become a better writer. I almost didn't want to do it. But again, that openness, that willingness, and I'll be damned, it, it worked. On the last morning, we float for a couple hours, and then the guides pull the boats into a sunny eddy for one last transitional pause. The group takes a moment to reflect and to share some learnings that they'll be taking with them from this place. And then they raise fizzy-filled cans to the sky in a collective cheers to the river and to one another. Nearly a year after the trip, Leana continues to work on her Gila project. Efforts like this one, combining a lifetime of stories with a return to a place to synthesize and observe and generate new stories. These things take time. But when she returned to New Mexico, she scoured the thousands of words she'd scribbled into her little notebook during her week on the river. And then she wrote something, an essay called On the Rio Verde. After years of knowing rivers as conduits for work, for fish biology or farming, Liana uses this essay to grapple with the relative stillness she felt on her free flow course. The lack of work, maybe, or simply a new way of experiencing life on the river. Of course, she's still doing important work, the essential work of storytelling. And here's Liana reading her essay on the Rio Verde. Rio Verde. Green River. Floating on Tyler's raft, we ask him endless questions about geology, place names, his guiding company. As he rows us through this rio named Verde, green, I notice his scruffy flip-flops and faded PFD, once cherry red, now bleached into a soft maroon by years of river sun. Morgan Formation, Lador Sandstone. Tyler gives names to the rocks and we listen. Some of us take notes. We ask more questions. And he is generous with his answers. And I think about the constant small talk river guides must not only endure but initiate. Much like dental hygienists, maybe. Awkward yet necessary. How many times has he retold his story or endless facts to strangers rowing them down this river he calls home? I think of my own experience, how it began not as an adventurous river guide, but a river worker, a grunt, a wannabe fishery biologist, and how small talk did not exist in this world, nor was it necessary. No lengthy or generous or even awkward conversations. Instead, imagine the constant white noise rumbling of a generator at the back of the raft, one person rowing, the other netting atop a metal deck. No small talk, just work. 
No time to look up at the canyon walls. Keep your eyes on the water, hands on the net. Look for fish. Then net them up, one by one, and into the metal live well. A two-man job for mile after river mile. I used to catch fish and take notes, net and row, take measurements, and at night, drink. All of this with salty men, teaching me as much as making me prove that I was worthy enough to be there. But here I am now, a full decade removed, floating for pleasure rather than work, not really knowing how to exist in this kind of space. Without scheduled tasks and to-dos, who am I on this river? Tyler, the river guide, rose, makes it look easy, and clients lounge easily at the front of the raft, easing into blue. Women on the raft crack open a beer in Echo Park just as we reach the confluence of the Yampa and Green Rivers. Nicole chooses a PBR, tea, a Sierra Nevada ale. And me, I choose only water, the thin blue plastic strap connecting the lid to my Nalgene bottle, broken. But I've replaced it with a piece of Papa's Ichete. This orange strand left over from a used bale of hay, borrowed from Papa's stash in the Cochera. This string, Ichete, taken from my home in Nuevo Mexico, Mi Querencia, holds lid to water bottle. It's bright orange, awkward but strong. At the confluence of the Green and Yampa rivers, our eyes spot a heron. And as the rafts float by, the river guides intentionally slow at this point, their movement of pause indicating importance. Then Heron flies away, and T takes another sip from her beer, and they both seem to lean into daylight with such ease that it makes a part of me achy, angry. Or maybe not angry, but something else I don't yet have a name for. I crouch down in the raft, reach my arm up and over the side and greet the Yampa River with this small gesture. Quien somos aquí? Who are we in this place, this space, this journey down the Green River? I think back to the men who introduced me to rivers, their persistent stubbornness, showing me where to find fish, read the riffle pool runs. All science, no nonsense. And then there is Tyler, the lead river runner, showing strangers the heart of a river. My grandfather was a river guide too, explains Tyler, straight-backed and rowing, his voice laced with unabashed pride, easy and calm. What he offers is generous, genuine, and I offer him nothing back except my lazy presence on this raft. 
and his hands on the black oars, a grip as old as stone itself. Thanks for tuning in to our Wild Innovation series. This third season of the Free Flow podcast is made possible by the Prop Foundation. Our theme music is by Nate Hedgie and Wartime Blues. Stephanie Malterich and Mary Ald produced this episode. For show notes and more on the people you meet, you can visit our website, freeflowinstitute.com. Please subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and for being a part of the Free Flow community. And until next time, get outside, do what feels good, and keep in touch.